Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hello, welcome to the RTGA podcast. It's All Ireland Final Thursday. Is that a thing? It's not yet. We'll make it a thing. It's All Ireland Final Thursday, and uh, myself and Rory Neal have been joined by by uh, rival factions. We've Shane Dowling, All Ireland winner with Limerick, and Jackie Tyrrell, All Ireland. You've won a couple of All Irelands, Jackie. You have, yeah. All Ireland winner with Kilkenny, Jackie Tyrrell. How are you doing, lads? Very good. Can't wait for Sunday. Oh yeah, looking forward to it now. I have to ah, say. Yeah. Been a long time coming around all the way to the middle of July. July. <laughs> <laughs> we won't get into that. We won't get no. into that. Um, actually, we're, we're going to start we're in the only obvious place to start, really, for All Ireland for Sunday, but, uh, for the All Ireland between Limerick and Kilkenny. And that's uh, with Tipperary, who have kind of decided they wanted in on All Ireland final week, Shane, and they've. Um, They've given Colin Bonner the, the heave-ho, it seems, the statement coming out does, would suggest that after a, a management committee meeting last night that he was, uh, you know, kind of told his services were no longer required. So, Shane, I think um, you know, it's never nice to see somebody kind of uh, given the put out the exit door, but it was kind of a strange appointment all along. It kind of felt like Tipperary let a couple of their leading candidates go elsewhere and were kind of left a little bit uh, in the lurch. Uh, this time last year, really. Yeah, and I think that that's exactly it. You know, when 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 that appointment or when that when Liam left, I suppose people looked at who who's going to get it. Uh, a lot of the bodies that would have you know been front runners had gone elsewhere, and it was left to Colum. And I don't know much about the guy to be honest. Um, I suppose over recent weeks the vibes have been that good, and so the bottom line is there's four games a month of this year, and none of them were won. Um, but I suppose when you say that, then I know I see John's interview there, John Kelly's interview during the week, where he said that in 2017 he had two championship games and last both, you know, and that he wondered was he going to get the heave as well or whatever, like you know. So um, a, a lot of it probably comes down to the players nowadays uh, and what their feedback is or was as well. So uh, either way, one way or the other, uh, Mikey, yeah, to be looking for someone new who's going to replace him again. There's a lot of bodies still elsewhere. So I'd say the next couple of weeks that will be very interesting to see who stays where. Yeah, yeah, it could be a bit of a merry-go-round. Um, Jackie, there's... Jack, you know, Jack, 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 he was late coming on the call there, Mikey. I have a feeling he might have been dusting off the CV there. Was he getting, <laughs> getting ready to take over the tip job? They didn't give him the cork job, so he's going to get the temporary job. You keep uh, applying, lads. Eventually, you'll get some job somewhere. <laughs> uh, Jackie, uh, it might not be for you or any any stripey man, but they may, I know they lost you know, every game in Munster. But this is this is the Tipperary job. This should be attractive to somebody. Like there's not like there's a shortage of good hurlers in Tipperary, or you know the opportunity for growth and success. It's Tipperary for Christ's sake. No, it's still a very attractive proposition for anyone out there or internally in Tipperary. I suppose when you've seen Tommy Dunn and particularly Paul Kern, who's really in his first year there with that management team stepping away for whatever reason, it's a good sign. And I suppose the, the natural thing after that was to happen was that Colin. Was was going to leave, um, so I wasn't surprised to, to see that th- th- this morning. Um, no, I suppose although a few guys have gone other counties and Liam Carl and that, 
you still have plenty of candidates just even just thinking off the top of your head. You've obviously Brendan Coleman's doing a, a great job at the 20s. You know, Willie Marr went for the job before. He's done a lot of good stuff as well with underage there as well. And look, there's there's a lot, a lot of good coaches in, in Tipperary. You look at James Woodlock, what he's done with the minors as well. Um, and even if you think that Tipperary team that have won multiple All-Irelands back through the years, a lot of good guys there, good candidates there, it's a good formal management team. So <clears throat> I think they're doing a big review as well. I don't think they'll jump into that. And there's, that's probably one of the pluses of the All-Ireland being so early this year that you probably have a, maybe a month or two more to play around with. Sit back, have a look at what went right, what went wrong, uh, who are the possible candidates, and, and let's sit down and have a conversation with them and see who the best person is. Yeah, a lot of good internal candidates, sorry, Jackie, but I suppose the one internal candidate who's kind of external at the moment is Liam Cahill. And there is a precedent, I suppose, and there's this sport called Gaelic football and there's a county called Kerry, they're very good. And their their manager, Jack O'Connor, used to manage Kildare and he left last year to go back to manage Kerry and now they're in the All-Ireland football final. So, you could, you know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that Liam Cahill, even though Waterford are going pretty well, might decide... You know, if I'm ever going to take the my home county job, maybe this is the time to do it. Would you think? Could you see him doing it? Um. Well, uh, from listening to Liam Cal, he's very much a man of principle, and if he gives his word to something and is committed to something, he 100 backs that up. And he has given his word to Waterford, and I suppose the opportunity probably was the, the last year when Colin got the job. That was probably the time if he was going to go back there. Um. I believe he will stick with Waterford. He's very much on the road on that project. And they're probably still tearing apart last year uh, with a look of how they can fix that for next year. So I don't expect Liam Cal to be throwing his hat in, into the mix. Um, but I do think it will come internally from, from Tipperary. They generally don't go outside their county. And Tipperary is a massive county, huge amount of clubs in it. So they'll, they'll have plenty of, of candidates. Um, you know, if you would Darren Gleeson, surely. Darren Egan, would he maybe be interested in going back? I know he's on the Wexford train as well. So look, they have, they have a lot of lads to, 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 to look at. Yes, sure. Gleason's a good shout as well. There, Shane, he's doing a great job up up in Antrim, and uh, yeah, <laughs> you'd wonder how long you someone would stick with that commute. I don't think he's based up there, is he? So uh, no, I don't. I don't believe so. He's done a great job, no savage job, to be fair to him. And he like as you said there, like it's a it's a very taxing, I'd imagine, on the body. Like as well, he's a young family, so something that I'd imagine would appeal to him as well. And he obviously has a bit of a track record now as well. Yeah, Bob's Keaton would be a great one there throwing the mix back. <laughs> Can't bring him back. Uh, <laughs> Another uh, Rory, obviously you you'd hate to lose a, a good co-commentator and mm. uh, podcast host. Brilliant. But, um, and Brilliant he wouldn't co-commentator. He wouldn't he wouldn't like us to be talking about him uh, in his absence. But Brendan Cummins is surely a candidate, isn't he? A hundred percent, he is. Like if there's a time for Brendan to go after the job, it was. When is the right time? That's always the question. I'd say a lot of fellas, when they go on and take these jobs, they have to ask themselves. And I'd say from Brendan's point of view, he's done a year with the 20s. What a lot of counties are doing now as well, and I think it's the right way to go. Limerick were very similar with John starting off in the underage ranks and moving up through into the senior ranks. You've seen it with Pat Ryan um, uh, also being uh, promoted up through the ranks. You've got James Woodlock, who did a you know, a fantastic job with the minors, uh, probably gave us one of the moments of the year with them winning the minor All-Ireland. So if you were to look at a sort of a natural pathway and a progression, you would suggest that maybe Brendan steps from 20s to senior and Woody goes from minor to 20s and then they probably bring somebody else in. And that would continue a really good progression pathway from a Tipperary point of view. And I think it's what a lot of counties tend to favour rather than parachuting somebody into a system and having them having to try and 
hit the ground running and get their bearings from scratch. So I think it's probably tailor-made for Brendan. Uh, he might necessarily like us passing his name around. Uh, he would certainly, if you looked at the way their under-20s played, like... <clears throat> I thought they were extremely well coached. They beat a very good Cork team. They went really close uh, with Limerick in that Munster final. And I think uh, he's a very, very shrewd hurling brain on him. And I think it's, yeah, he'd be, in my mind anyway, the front runner, I would imagine at this stage. And we'd be very, very disappointed to see him go. But look, that's the nature of it. Shane, would you join him on the sideline and then you could hopefully have an away game in Ennis first round of the Monster <laughs> oh! Championship next year? <laughs> you, could be his, you could be his coach, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, he wouldn't even get as far as Ennis to Thomas Mike. All right, um, let's get on to Sunday. Um, Limerick chasing three in a row, obviously. Uh, Kilkenny looking to end a famine. Um, the only place to start, really, Shane, is the fitness of Keen Lynch. A lot of reports, um, certainly no confirmation. So you're going to give us confirmation now, aren't you? Is, is Keen Lynch fit for Sunday or not? It's only all a spoof, Michael. They're trying to get inside everyone's heads, having gone round in a boot and having think he's missing. Uh, no, listen, believe me or believe me not, the first I heard about it is this, the first I heard about it was not when it broke yesterday. I did hear it on Tuesday. Uh, you know, the rumour started going round. Um, it was obviously in the uh, one of the, the national, a couple of national headlines there yesterday, and obviously there is a WhatsApp picture going around of him in a boot. So did something happen to him? I would imagine the answer to that is yes, right? You know that's 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 the obvious that's the obvious way. But um, you know if you're to listen, if you're if you're to believe what's out there, it looks as if you're going to miss the game. You know, uh, obviously the, the the management haven't confirmed that. Will they confirm it before Sunday or not? I don't know. Um, but obviously, it's it's a big big worry for Limerick. The only thing I'd say is that it would be a bigger bigger worry uh, if he was playing all year and he had yeah, that type of yeah. form coming into the game that he, that he had last year. They've basically played the whole year without him anyway. Um, I think forgetting forgetting about you know Limerick or Trin or all the other in final. If he is to miss the game, I actually feel very sorry for Key and forgetting about everything else. Like he's just had a very, very tough year of it. He was obviously just coming right, and then a, a new injury again. Um, so obviously, it's just very, very disappointing for him. But uh, it's it's a big loss for Limerick, but not as big as it was if he was starting. Yeah, either. and he, he he it's unlikely he would have started even if this there wasn't an injury or not. Shane, is it? Don't don't know about that, Mikey. Don't know about that. No. Uh, I think he would have started, to be honest. Uh, I think he was going down the that's the road. I think it was going. He was going to start. Yeah, it's a shame. All right, Jackie, and you know we always heard the the stories, the fame stories about you know Kilkenny training sessions in Nolan Park and there'd be skin and hair and leather flying, and r- rarely enough you get it, like an injury like this. You know, in the run up to an All Ireland final, somebody missing out because of an injury at training. It's really unfortunate, isn't it? Uh, it's it's so unfortunate, Mikey. When you think of like our greatest day in the sun, which is the All Ireland final, you want the greatest players playing it. You want your Reed, you want your Tony Kellys, you want your Keen Lynch. And it's it, if it is true and he misses out, it's so so unfortunate. It's heartbreaking for the chap because this is what it's all about. And I know they're going for three in a row. There's no guarantee Limerick will get back there. I'm sure they will. But for him personally, it'll be a massive blow for him. Um, I think back to us in 2006 when we were going to play Cork and JJ Delaney damaged his medial lig- ligaments in the week of the All-Ireland and was out. But outside of that, 
other than the 2010 fiasco with Henry and John Tennyson, which are crucial in the semi-final when I think it was a three or four week window, I don't really remember of anyone, um, you know, missing an All-Ireland this close with like Shane is on about that probably happened maybe Tuesday, Wednesday. God, Sunday, you, Jackie, I think it was. Sunday is, was it like, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was probably their last tough session the week of it, you know, before the All-Ireland. How unfortunate is that? Um, so I, I really do hope that Keen Lynch plays on Sunday. Um, I hope he's okay because he's an absolute outstanding talent that people will pay good money just to watch this lad alone. And for him to, to miss out on an All-Ireland final, it would be heartbreaking. I actually, if he does miss it, I hope it was a, that he rolled his ankle or something. I hope some lad didn't pull on him and now is looking, going, I'm actually at fault. I hope John Finn or Barry Nash didn't do that and be like, God, it's my fault and that. So hopefully from their point of view, it's an impact and maybe he rolled his ankle. But um, Keen Lynch, what a special talent. This man is just... We're very lucky to be to be in an era where, where he's come along and graces with his presence and hope to God that he's he's there the weekend because I just I love watching this guy as everyone else does. And he has such a great enthusiasm for the game. He plays the game with a smile on his face. He came on the last day and he tipped jokes of Cooney in, in the tongue. He gave him a high five and said, Good to see you, let's go at it now for the next twenty minutes. That's the kind of spirit that he brings to Hurland and he's kind of a, as Don Logue said, he is the Messi of Hurland. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, it it's it is a real shame, Rory. Um, <clears throat> obviously, do you, do you, will it have much of an impact on, on on Limerick though? Because as Shane says, they have kind of they've got this far basically without him by a cameo, well not a cameo appearance, but like a late late on appearance in the semi final. Yeah, the I think the hamstring went against Watford after about ten minutes on the twenty fourth of April, if I'm not mistaken. So as Shane said, and that's the one thing that stuck in my mind, like. John Coyley and the management have been more or less planning Limerick's year and plotting Limerick's year without the services of Keane as much. And it, it, do you know what? It's a testament to Limerick's abilities as a panel and the depth that they have, that they've been able to navigate their way this far into the championship. Like if you took the best, if you took TJ Reid, for instance, now I know TJ actually lost his place a little bit or maybe wasn't... Um, I didn't lose his place, but was he taken off early on in the oh, Leinster campaign? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, but I think like, it's just, I think it's very, very unfortunate for the game, for the event, for hurling, that you're shorn of a player of his calibre. I mean, he's two-time hurler of the year, one of the best hurlers that we've seen probably over the last 20 years. You know, the skills everything that he brings to it you know he does play with that kind of joie de vivre that we love about hurlers and it's a pity for him I think it's a real killer blow for him on a personal level it's the nature of the season that we're in where you're not really given any time if if you do get an injury now bang you're gone um because the time that you have to recover is so short um especially if it's anyway significant but i think the plus side is they have been managing all year long without him um but it would have been a very very interesting selection conundrum from john kiley's perspective and it would have been really interesting to see what he would have done with kyle hayes particularly had Keane lynch been fit to release kyle hayes to go elsewhere um, I would imagine now that means Kyle Hayes plays 11 and that'll be that much that'll be that selection issue pretty much case closed unless I'm wrong Shane No I think you're, you're spot on Rory yeah. I, I actually think that 
if I had to guess what was going to happen, I'd say that Kyle probably would have stayed at eleven. I think they've just he's been he's been moved here, there, and everywhere, and then he eventually found his form. The semi final was it was absolutely brilliant. Unreal. Uh, I think yeah. I think if Keane was uh, I think they'd have started Keane. Uh, he could have started at thirteen and came out as a double centre forward, or else he just could have started at ten or twelve, uh, or he actually could have started in the middle of the field as well, where he yeah. obviously started in a career. So I think Kyle was always going to stay at eleven, and Keane would have slotted in somewhere. But uh, I'd imagine now that the team is going to be the exact same as it was in the semi final. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So you don't don't think there's a chance for Casey to start either? You don't see that happening, Shane? I don't. Yeah, I just I like you. You know, I I think. What, does he have 70 or 75 minutes in his legs of that intensity in that heat which we can come to shortly as well mm. uh, I, I, I doubt it to be honest um, so is John going to start and I'll probably bring him off with 20 minutes to go 15 minutes to go I don't think so I think especially now with, if Keane is missing you know they're going to have to want someone to come in so I don't see Peter starting and I do think it's worth mentioning that Mikey and I know it might seem like an odd thing to start with um, but I do think it's actually a very, very significant issue. And I haven't seen it mentioned, written, or and I've listened and read to quite a few previews now, and there's no mention at all. Like, this game is going to be played in 30-degree heat. Like, this is, I mean, you're talking dehydration, sunstroke, heat exhaustion. This is a game, right, where you're wearing a helmet, sweat pouring down into your eyes, playing a, playing a game where the slitter is moving, what, on average 100, 120 mile an hour? Um, I think it's I think it's actually a hugely significant factor, given that I don't think we will have ever seen an All-Ireland final played in these kinds of conditions. I'm not even sure. I, I think it, we can it, safely it, say that's never we've never had 30 degree heat in September. Uh, so I think you, you know, can be so, so, you know, like so I, I actually that one year the All-Ireland final was played in Barbados. You know, like I mean, <laughs> woe be, be it for me to ever um, hark back to the dreaded water breaks. But I, I, I think the Marishka water breaks, all of those types of things, getting fluids on board, even sleep the night before and a couple of nights before, mm. lads, lads are going to be racked with nerves as it is. And now you're having to sleep at nighttime where we're not really used to these kinds of conditions. There isn't the same kinds of air conditioning going on. It's going to be really muggy. You're probably not getting proper sleep anyway. And then you're talking about putting a helmet on and running around in 30 degree heat for 70 minutes. I think it's going to have a huge factor in terms of fitness, in terms of the bench, in terms of managing all of that from the from from the likes of Brian Cody and John Kiley's point of view, and I actually think it could play a really really significant role on the day. Yeah, Rory, I don't um, I don't know. Sorry, Mikey, done a piece there. Just so we did, there was a function on Limerick there last night, and Liam Sheedy and Joe Connor, who was the strength conditioning coach in Limerick in 2018, was at it as well. And Joe, without getting too technical, he said, you know, the two places that you sweat the most are in the top of your head and the palm of your hands. So the top mm. of the head, you've obviously your helmet on, the palm of your hands, you're, you've a hurley, and obviously your spare hand is obviously clutching it out of the time as well. Uh, and he thinks that it's actually, it could be somewhat borderline dangerous. Dangerous? I actually it, said this in a text last night, that this is actually potentially dangerous. Yeah, and he said, like, yeah. surely, like, the GA common sense, uh, does that even exist, I wonder, at times? But, like, why can't they say, or I consider the conditions, will allow two Marishkas yeah. from both counties and they can just throw in water bottles whenever they see fit or whatever. I mean, something like that has to be done shortly, I think. Anyway. Well, they, they, there's a good chance to... They, they, well, will they introduce for one day only bring back the water breaks? Because, you know, that, if that's good enough for, you know, FIFA and UEFA and extreme heat in major tournaments. So, Jackie, we might see Paul Connerk's uh, tactics board back yet. Wouldn't that be great? 
Yeah, <laughs> we might look. I I would rather look, don't bring back water breaks. But give Mirishkas, and I don't I don't think it should have ever been taken away. I know there was kind yeah. of Dougery, but I think that was more in the football world. But I think it's part and parcel for the game. Um, I think the Mirishkas should be allowed back in and to give some level of instruction in into the team. Um, I suppose if you're talking at that level of heat, it'll kind of remind you of an All Stars game in Buenos Aires. You know that kind of heat, except you're not hungover playing in the Senal Ireland. <laughs> kind of level we're going to be talking, but like the only there's not rolling time... subs either, Jackie. I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. um, and the only time I can kind of remember, I remember we played Tipperary Nolan Park in 13 in that qualifier game, and the heat that night was unbelievable. Now I don't think we hit 30 degrees because I think it was an evening match, but I think it was 25, 26, and I remember. Few posts before, and our nutritionist came out like we're literally just standing there on the sideline. Now, we weren't black t shirts and that, and she just pulled us in. She said, after about five, ten minutes, because we were sweating and just losing fluids, and we didn't need to be there. So, to Shane's point, every little kind of small thing that they can do, and and, and like these weeks are as regards sleep and all that. So, it's just another challenge for the team to map the way through. Um, levels of experience will be important. And uh, I was at the Kenny Corporate night last night and was did a, did a few questions. And that was one of the questions put to him that there is a lot of new guys on this Kilkenny panel and about their lack of experience. But, um, you know, I suppose it was kind of two ways that you could look at as regards to some lads can kind of revel in and just kind of go with the flow. But he also, uh, he did call out that they have a lot of experienced guys, the likes of TJ Reid, Owen Murphy, and that, that would put an arm around these guys and bring them with them. So it, it's a massive, massive week for for everyone involved. Um, and, you know, I'm sure they'll all have the preparation right on the money. Jackie, would you think it would, because uh, we're always fascinated by Brian Cody and whether, he, whether or not he's really embraced, you know, the modern game, you know, playing through the lines, you know, short short passing. Could, could, like, could any manager look at this and say, we don't need to be running any more than we have to. This might be, this might be the day where we, where we do kind of play the more straightforward route one hurling because like just don't need lads running as much as maybe they would do on a, you know, a, a cloudy afternoon in May. Yeah, it's a fair point. Look, could teams go a bit more direct and particularly use the ball a bit more smartly as a regards efficiency level? I don't think it'll come into it that much, to be honest, Mikey, but there could be times when teams are just fatigued and that level of heat and intensity that a defender could just get the ball and lump and just say, look, I'm gassed here. I actually can't work this ball out. So we might see a bit more of that maybe in the second half when when energy levels start to drop and things like that. But it's it's an interesting point. It really is. Uh, will teams maybe go more longer on puck outs? Uh, will teams put to maybe putting someone on, on the edge of the field, like a Kyle Hayes or TJ Reed? <coughs> for various times throughout the game, we're going to give the nod of TJ or, or Kyle Hayes in. I'm just going to go just to maybe give us a bit of a breather because the games both that these teams are going to play are high octane require massive amount of energy levels and to be able to sustain that for 70 minutes is going to be hugely challenging and then the, the, the role of the bench which we'll come on to it's probably never more important than oh, huge now huge yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. all right before before we get to that um obviously keen lynch isn't the only injury worry this week we've also got our our friend hawkeye who's um who, who whose involvement in Sunday is still touch and go before we before we get on to the current I do want to go back to the past because you know every every Hawkeye decision now is is being questioned so um we have to have a look at this um and can you see my screen lads yeah we can yeah yeah okay so Mikey I'll have nothing bad said about Hawkeye now <laughs> the All-Ireland hurling final for 2014 it's John 
O'Dwyer. Bubbles, they all call it. I think he has the distance with a bit of breeze behind him. I think he'll certainly get, he'll be able to get the distance if he strikes it right. With a minute of injury time gone, he strikes it high. He's put it on a wide. No, 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 no. They're not sure. They're not sure. It's going for Hawkeye. The fans behind the goal, certainly the tip fans, were on their feet cheering. They thought it was over. So Hawkeye's got to determine whether that's a hit or a miss. Is it a score for tip? It's white. It's white. So you can clearly see that's white. <laughs> <laughs> so we all we all know what happened next. Um but the reason I, I really wanted to bring this up now was uh, because um, we have, I, I, I thought, I wonder, I wonder did Jackie have a good view of this? I'd agree with you if you go back, I, I was right under that post. Oh, no, exactly. Oh, don't worry, Jackie, I've done all that. There you are. Oh, <laughs> so you didn't even need to go to Hawkeye. They could have came to me, you know, and Kelly. Yeah, so <laughs> you, you could tell us now, Jackie, was it a wide or was it a point? You'd be They're not going to take your medal off you now, Jackie. It was wide, but it was only marginally. And it was like, you talk to Shawnee O'Shea's ball where it drifted in. When Bubbles hit that, that was two, three, four feet inside the post. And it just drifted and drifted and drifted. And the last minute, it just kind of just went outside the post. I actually thought, I was looking, I thought I was going to hit the post. Uh, but that was so, so close, Mikey. By God, we were relieved after that. Yeah. Um, Rory... Um, you mentioned here on Monday uh, a theory which nobody's disproved yet, put it that way, that uh, it's, it was a staffing issue for Hawkeye. They've obviously come out now, the state, the GA have come out with a statement saying a minor, minor hardware issue. Um, and even though it was minor, and even though that was definitely the only decision that it was wrong for, and it's all to do with the Hill 16 goal, they haven't said for sure they're going to use it yet. No, and it's uh, what's the uh, what did Tony Soprano famously once say? More is lost through indecision than wrong decision. I think you just kind of have to make a decision one way or the other now. And the problem is people will query its integrity forevermore, given what had happened. I think that's an awful shame. I think if they are confident that it works. I think go with it. It's has served us well. I believe the technology does work. I think it was. Look, if they're saying it was a hard, if there was a hard or a software issue last weekend, we can accept that. But I do think the technology works. Um, and I think it's a huge tool and it's massively important in a hurling context. Like what you don't want is a one or two point game on Monday morning and people on Sunday night, Jackie and Shane, pouring over different angles to figure out whether a ball flew over the top of a post and whether or not it was inside or outside and people whinging and moaning and, uh, and, and complaining the toss one way or the other. I think that would be an awful shame. I think Hawkeye uh, does work. And I think if that, if it doesn't, and if they do stand it down for both finals, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's actually, in my view, opening up a greater vista for actually more controversy. Uh, biggest if and if it if they're not happy that Hawkeye doesn't work, then I definitely think they need to look at a new score detection system. I've heard a few people, Pat Kenny, I think, was on news talk saying, why don't they run <clears throat> another bar across the top of the two uprights and basically remove the possibility of points going over the bar from above the uprights and you have a miss you know but sure like that's just a totally stupid thing because all the posts around the country are all different sizes and 
totally you know like but like what you could potentially do though and i definitely think this is something that they are looking at is chipping the ball and if you have a chip uh, inside the slitter and a gaelic football you should be able to track and plot and calibrate and configure the trajectory a lot better and that might help but it might be a different type of score detection system other than hawkeye i think in the meantime test the bejesus out of it today tomorrow i don't know who's in there doing the tests jackie did you get the call up there for flaking a few slitters over the bar you wouldn't have scored too many points though in your day would you no. <laughs> you're you're going, going for a wide or two you're looking for the wide or two yeah so i i hope i hope they can just sort it out and i, I and i really hope that it's in it's in play because it's a great tool for the umpires particularly it gets them out of a massive hole like i mean one of my like we all go to club matches and i have to say it's definitely up there with one of my favorite things seeing at a club game is you know that scene at a club match where one umpire goes for the flag and the other umpire waves yeah. the hand <laughs> waves it wide and i think it's one of the great scenes in gn like that's something that we obviously have to try and avoid this sunday and sunday uh, do we we had a match last night and the, the ref the referee brought his daughter who was probably 10 years of age i'd say and she was doing umpire at one end and uh she waved one over the bat. She she gave us a point at one stage already in the second half, and a bunch of like thirty and forty year old men from our club started screaming at this girl. And like, lads, she's ten. Yeah. She, <laughs> bit, she was she was she was she was a bit young. She was a bit young to be bundled into the boot. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, only the, again, like Jackie said. That's that's only in the game of football. Hurling, hurling in Wicklow. There's none of that car boot stuff. No, we all arrived to matches on sulkies. Sure, um, <laughs> Shane. Um, where, where do you stand on Hawkeye? I think my biggest issue with Hawkeye, maybe I, I'm wrong here, but do you know when, when, when it goes to Hawkeye and, and, and no one knows, am I right in saying that any time it detects that it's hit the post, whether it's mm. over it, inside or outside, it just goes wide? Yeah. So yeah. There, I think there's been numerous scores got over the years where it's gone over the bar, but has maybe, you know, Higher than the than the than the, than the hits board. the hits the virtual post for it yeah. right exactly right but it's clearly inside but it shaves off the pole and they're way they're, they're giving it as a wide ball that's something that I find hard to understand uh they're clearly points like you know but they they ne they never seem to be given so um where do I stand that in terms of this weekend I think if it's I think it's straightforward really if they if they can 100% trust it and know that it's working fine you use it but if it's not working and they're afraid that dodgy calls be given well then they can't use it it's mm. it's somewhat straightforward for me um and they need to i think for like if you're you talk about rory the players sleeping the night before in the heat can you imagine column nine is umpires trying to sleep this this week <laughs> with the heat and then worrying about whether they have to use the hot lights or not but uh they, they take the white coats off for a start lads <laughs> yeah they, they need they, they need to come out and one way or another but it all needs to be i think like a lot of stuff ga this winter and uh, this is also going to have to be reviewed to see what's right and what's wrong going forward yeah okay we're, we're about a half hour into this podcast now i suppose we might as well start talking about the match um it <laughs> got to that stage um jackie uh i suppose you know the, the roles are reversed from your days kilkenny are the kind of the the young and coming team here, I guess, not experienced, as you mentioned, not experienced in playing in finals, uh, coming up against the team, Jason, three in a row. It, it is a real role reversal and it's a role reversal for Brian Cody as well. And 
do you think do you think like he, that's something he'll notice do you think he's coming in with a team who aren't you know a team who aren't like proven winners who aren't going for multiple all-irelands most of you know most of the players maybe some have won a lot of none etc um will that impact on how he'll approach this game in any way and how he'll like set up training or or how he'll consider the challenge that is limerick well he's he's definitely um he has agreed that Kilkenny have come in under the radar and I've seen his, his, his media day that he had meant that Kilkenny weren't really seen as all Ireland contenders this year <clears throat> and he agreed for the reasons why so he's definitely noticed that will, his, will it change his approach or how he goes about things in a small and kind of subtle way it'll probably it'll probably give him a bit of a chip on his shoulder with, with the guy. I don't think it's going to massively change his mindset or his mentality or, or be sticking posters up on the wall or anything like that but I just think for the first time, probably in a long while, Kilkenny are in um, as 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 not favourites, um, and I think he'll 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 that will probably not give him motivations, but it'll definitely it'll definitely perk him up a bit, and there'll probably be an extra little bit of fire in in his belly the last week or so, um, and and it, uh, and it is interesting that Kilkenny aren't aren't the favourites, um, but you know Limerick are going for three in a row, but there is the view that maybe Limerick have come back to the pack a small bit. Um, and that Kilkenny are probably in an awful lot better place than they were last year, and particularly at the earlier stages of the round robin. But more importantly, they're now comfortable playing a game that suits their needs and suits the players within it. And the players seem comfortable, and they all seem to know their roles within it. And there's a lot of flu- fluidity within the team as regards movement and rotation of the forwards and that. So, I, 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 Brian never bought into any of that kind of stuff. But I do think it'll feed into his psyche a small bit this past week or two weeks. And like what I found very interesting, you know, the the, the I see the Kerry footballers aren't having an open day. Kenny normally traditionally the Friday for the All Ireland would open up training for just to let kids in and things like that. That's not happening. And was it the Monday after the All Ireland semi final? Um, we got a group text off the supporters club. I went to the, 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 their shop open, so I went over to Nolan Park. I was buying a few flags and that just to kind of decorate the house and all that. And Nolan Park was like Fort Knox. And I was talking to a few county board officials and I was talking to a supporters club. And I've seen a few cars going in and I was like, are the boys training tonight? Or the lad said, you wouldn't know what's going on in there at all. I said, what do you mean? He says, they could be training, they could be sleeping in there. It's like Fort Knox. The gates open, cars drive in, the gates close. <laughs> and I said, you know what? That's kind of Brian Cody. He's circling the wagons. He's He's... He's pulling the troops together. And then later on, I went on, on social media and told him watch the news. And I just noticed all the Limerick lads out. They understand the JP thing is all down there and the shaking hands and within crowds. And one of the county board officials says, Brian is very conscious of COVID, is very relevant and all that. I just thought it was interesting, the two psyches, that Kenny were very much... Kenny are in command on mode. <laughs> ah, yeah, they've gone into the trenches, Rory. And, and look, I, I understand there's a JP connection... Uh, but I just, and I think I counted that in between 10 and 15 Limerick players out mingling among, among fans on the pro-arm. I just thought it was interesting. Um, and I know there's probably maybe a prerogative there or a, a commitment that Limerick had, GA had to give back to JP, but I just thought it was quite risky if one of them pick up COVID and are, are, are have to down tools for a certain isolation period, depending on the vaccination status. But So I think that kind of stuff kind of uh, made me realise, you know, maybe Brian is it's maybe a small bit feeding into the into a psyche that, you know, Kilkenny are probably not written off, but definitely not favourites for it. 
Yeah, that's interesting. It's just a shame. See, another factor, another consequence of the uh, condensed season, Jackie, the Irish Open in Mount Juliet coincided with the Hurland semi-final, so the lads couldn't get out for a bit of golf. The final, the, yeah. fi- the, fi- the final round of the British Open is on Sunday. It's going right up against the Ireland final. And it, there could be an Irish fella in contention. Lovely, lovely, lovely jubbly. But anyway. Yeah. I told myself if the if the pro arm was in Brian Cody's back garden, I'd say he closed the curtains. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie, you talk about the lads walking around their manor uh, at the pro arm. Am I not right in saying that a lot of Kilkenny lads were above in Kilkenny at the golf on the Sunday? No, there was a, there was a few. But they weren't out like shaking hands and among people and things like that on the side. No, no, not to that. Like I counted 15 at least limit players out. I think there was two, and they weren't out in the course meeting players or anything like that or shaking hands. Right. See, this golf wars before. Mine games. Mine yeah. games. I love it. Love it. Before the, before the, <laughs> who'd have thought that golf would have come into a Limerick and Kilkenny <laughs> hurling never know, Mikey. What, what have we become? Uh, <laughs> um. Shane, if you were if you were looking at the kind of the matchups then, and you were um, if you were uh, so inclined to be getting a bit concerned, say say you say you were still playing, Shane. We all wish you were still playing. Um, would you and you were you were lined up to be starting corner forward? Would you be sweating, worrying about whether Mikey Butler was going to be detailed to you or not? And who do you think is going to have the pleasure of Mikey Butler's company on uh, on Sunday? Yeah, it's an interesting one, Mikey. I, I like. The one thing I'd say, I, I think Mikey Butler is, is is very much in line for an all-star. I think he's been exceptional throughout the league and the championship and kind of under the radar from an ecologist below, does his job. No one baits him and he just gets out with it. There's no, no drama. And he's not one of these... Um, and do you know what? It's typical Kenny fashion and it's... Do you know, it's one thing I'll give, him, I'll give him great credit for is there's no bullshit with him and there's no none of this man-markers going in and pulling and dragging and shouting in your ear and, and nine you. He just goes out, he does his job, very, very physical, very hard, very honest, and gets on with it. And in fairness, that's one thing I've always associated with Kenny, and, and I'd have to say that. Um, when it comes to what Mikey Butler will do the weekend, the one, if, so I'm looking and saying, okay, will he pick up Aaron Galan, right? But from the Limerick perspective, then I'm saying, do you know what? I, I would nearly love if he did. Why? I just don't know what Mikey Butler is like in the air. I don't know, has he been really, you know, um, h- how much ball has he got one-on-one in the air Isolated. I just haven't seen that, so I and don't we, know. And, and we know, and we know what Aaron Galan is like. In this the is area. my point, Rory. Yeah. So I think that if it goes on Aaron Galan, and I'd imagine this. Listen, if we're speaking about it here, you can be damn sure that John Kylie Paul and Urban Cole will be speaking about it inside. Mm-hmm. That if Mikey Butler picks up Aaron Galan, that a signal will go among the players, and they'll want to get in that high diagonal ball that they're good at doing, that Aaron's really, really good at doing. So if if that's the case, I would say that that'd be nearly a win for Limerick. I think. If I was Kilkenny, I would probably put Hugh Lawler on Aaron Gillan. Big, strong, physical, quick. Um, you know, that, that'd that be for me. After that, I would probably say that, that, that Mikey Butler would go on Seamus Flanagan. I know Seamus is, is, is big and quick as well, but he doesn't do as much damage in the air. That, that's the big matchup, obviously, for me. But I think the biggest thing for me overall the weekend is that, you know, what did Clare do against Limerick? They went man-on-man everywhere. They left space in front of the forward line. What did Kenny do? They went man-on-man. Four to six starting Limerick forwards were taken off the Ireland semi-final. Grove, Hegarty, Tom Morrissey didn't get the luxury of getting that ball sprayed out to them, having loads of space, having time then to maybe pop a pass and run on or deliver it in from a short distance. So I think if Kenny go man-on-man the weekend, which I suspect they will, that's going to leave a huge amount of space between the Limerick full forward line and the McCaff forward line. You will see 30 or 40 yards of a gap. Uh, so what, what I'm trying to say here is that 
Limerick full forward line has kept Limerick in the championship this year, whereas previously it's been the Limerick half forward line. So I think the Limerick full forward line will need to play as big a game as they've had as as, as did the the Munster final and the semi final because if they don't, I don't envisage that Kilkenny are going to leave the Limerick half forwards get the ball that they have got last year or in early parts of this year. If there's one thing that teams learned from from Clare's, uh, you know, from Clare's game against, games against Limerick is that when they go man on man, you do run the risk of leaving space inside. But if you're happy enough that you've got a full back line that are capable of dealing with that, it's a massive, it's a massive thing. And I think Kilkenny will be happy that they've got a, a full back line to deal with that. Yeah, it's it. Like, Kenny always have full back lines to deal with everything, Jackie. <laughs> it is it is noticeable, Rory. I did this Kilkenny defense is now one. I would say since the retirement of of Jackie and a few more stalwarts, I'd say Brian Cody's been a while, kind of getting a sex test that he like he really trusts, and you get the impression now. Even with a couple of these lads now are pretty new, like Tommy Walsh and, and, and Michael Carey, but you get the impression Cody trusts these lads, and as as Shane said, if they have to go man-on-man man against, like, the feared Limerick forward line. You get an impression Brian Cody wouldn't mind that, Roy? Uh, yes and no. I, 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 they're going to get a test on Sunday like they've never gotten before. I think there are... I'd have a small bit of a concern. He's been outstanding, arguably the farm number six for the whole year. Kyle Hayes, very different proposition. You know, Paddy Deegan incredible player playing absolutely outstanding hurling mm. possibly going to come up against Garrod Hagerty um, again different proposition to what he's probably faced before and I'd imagine Garrod given the fact that he got hooked the last day I'd expect a big performance from him I think that, like this is a big challenge but Kilkenny I mean we, we, we spoke about it after the semi-final their ability like it's like voodoo with them when it comes to the way they're able to use the hurley to get that flick hook and block in. I mean, we've Johnny Bradley doing a bit of work for us there and um, we're just going to do kind of a more detailed analysis and the build up on Sunday. So I asked him to try and work with the three pundits to try and kind of formulate stuff because at this stage, I mean, what can you say about Limerick and what can you say about Kilkenny? And I was like one thing that he came back to us with, which was scores from turnovers. And in the middle third, Limerick's the one stat that actually jumped out for me was Limerick's scores from turnovers in the middle third was twelve points. This is obviously over the course, uh, of the course of over the course of the season, right? And or, or may, might have been the last actually, yeah, was right. So, whereas from Kilkenny's point of view, so that was twenty eight percent, and from Kilkenny's point of view, it was one nineteen, which is fifty percent. So Kilkenny's ability to actually shut you down in that middle third and get those hooks, blocks and flicks, I think is the key to taking pressure. Because Limerick, we, as we know, will try and work the ball through. That's just the way Limerick play. Everyone knows how Limerick are playing and how they will play. It's just no one has been able to stop them from doing it. So I think Kilkenny will actually look to try and put a lot more heat and a lot more pressure in that middle third to shut the ball down and take as much pressure off their defence as possible. If that ball starts, if they, if Limerick can get quality ball in, and maybe, as we suggested, because of the heat, if they can get quality ball in, inside, into that full forward line, given the form of Seamus Flanagan, and given the form of Aaron Gillan, and if there is no protection, I would expect trouble. Big, big trouble, because I think 
there is no doubt in my mind that Limerick are going to come with the biggest performance of the year so far from their point of view. I know people will say they, you know, put in an unbelievable shift in that Munster final, and they did. But I think the respect that Limerick will have for Kilkenny and the challenge that they will look, look to embrace as a result of having an opportunity to really crown an incredible hat-trick of All-Irelands by actually beating Kilkenny, which I think from a Limerick perspective would, would just make it seriously sweet. So I don't expect an ounce of complacency from a Limerick perspective. But also Kilkenny will perform too. And I think that's what makes the game so intriguing. Jackie, um, we all know Brian Cody likes an old All-Ireland final day rabbit out of a hat. Um, we all remember Walter Walsh, obviously, and there's there's been others. Um, uh, do you foresee, like any, uh, with what Rory's saying there, perhaps Kilkenny do need uh, a little help shoring up at the back or maybe kind of the horses for courses? Could we see the lesser spotted, possibly extinct David Blanchfield <laughs> reappearing or is there anybody else you could see that maybe Brian might throw in and say, you know what, this is this is the match for a guy who has a point to prove? Yeah, look, traditionally Brian has always done that, but I think the surprise for Brian this year will be that there'll be no surprise. I think <laughs> roll the dice with the 15 again. Um, I would have liked to see Richie Hall get some bit of game time in the semi-final, but Brian doesn't do sentiment. He doesn't do easy minutes or a garbage time game. Um, but I'd say Richie Hogan, I'd say Richie Hogan could appear the weekend um, because I do think we will need him to beat Limerick. And I do think there'll be stage in the game and his experience and his craft and his know-how would be invaluable to, to be thrown in, into the mix. Um, do you see be like a rabid animal if he sees game time, I'd say Jackie, really, after all that time sitting on the bench all year? Yeah, you'd imagine he's just chomping at the bit um, and he has had some hamstring injuries, but I think he's got a good run of it the last while. So, um, But I, I do think, and Shane makes a very good point about, about the, the Aaron Galan piece, I would see nothing but Hugh Lawler. I'd say Brian would have been saying to him Sunday or Monday morning, Monday morning Hugh, Aaron Galan, just get, in his, get him in your head and be ready for him Sunday week. I'd say the Mikey Butler thing could be on the Seamus Flanagan. And look, it's purely Hugh Lawler always keeps the forward inside outside of him so he's always in between the goal and the forward he's great at that kind of position and is exceptional in the air and what is Aaron Galan he's exceptional in the air but he's exceptional at slipping in at the back of, of, the, of the defender and catching that ball Hugh was very good at keeping him in front of him which is really really important so it's the old Russian roulette thing do, do your half back sit back and mind that space and then give Limerick half forwards to take you off yeah shoot from distance I don't see that happening Galway didn't see that happen, so you push your half-backs out and you press them really hard and high up the field, leave the space at back at the back. So the key thing for that is because the Kilkenny full-back line is good and they're stubborn, but if the quality of ball going in and if Limerick and Declan Hannan and Dara Donovan have half a second to get their head up and flick little balls in the corner, as a defender, you're at the mercy of your half-hours and midfielders to get to get to those guys and put them on the back foot and, and lay that ball in to give your defenders a chance to get up tight and maybe even out in front. That would be the key thing. If the Kenny can put enough pressure on their key distributors, the Dermot Burns of this world, the William O'Donoghue, and give their defenders a chance, that will be key for Kenny holding out uh, uh, this attack. But the matchups are are key. But the one for me and you kind of touched on Rory, I think I think we have an, enough to kind of match up physically with a lot of lads and maybe contain them. But the Kyle Hayes one for me is a serious conundrum. He's the Big problem yeah. in the whole country. That physically, I, I'm trying to think during the week, hmm. a bit of Garrod McInerney who physically could probably match him. 
I don't think there's too many lads that if he gets the ball, is able to hold him up. Um, you know, so and I think if Kilkenny's more physical players are probably Paddy Deegan, who'll probably go after Garrod Hagerty, maybe Connor Brown, who's extremely athletic, but Kyle Hayes just to me is 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 a real worry from Kilkenny point. That if, if that if if Keane Lynch isn't playing, because he's a nightmare for anyone, but I would just worry and, and I, I would hope from Kilkenny point of view that there's some sort of a plan or there's some sort of a, a containment method for him because when he gets the ball and if you don't stop him in the, in the first three, four steps, well, it's either a free or he's breaking the line and he's creating an overlap. So that's, a, that's the, I think he will be a game changer. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, at the other end of the field, Shane, um, you know, your old muckers who you would know very well from training, no doubt, probably probably still have the, the scars and the bruises from Finn Casey and Nash. Um, how, how do you see that working? The other, because... You know, it's Billy Ryan, Martin Keown, King Kenny, you know, probably the starting full forward line, but you have to imagine that TJ Reid will probably saunter in there every now and again to cause a bit of havoc. Um, Walter Walsh probably make an appearance, could go in there as well. And uh, as mentioned, Richie Hogan. Um, so Kilkenny, as we know, will vary their game. Um, and how do you think they'd get their most, what, what way would they get their kind of, get most return against that that Limerick fullback line. Yeah, I think like his massive Keown is certainly the start. Like he probably didn't fly from the last day in the semi-final, like you know, so that's a, a big one straight away. You mentioned Keane Kenny, well is he going to play in midfield? You know, so there's a I think the one thing that Limerick don't know is who's going to play in that Kilkenny from the forward line. The one thing I think will it will stuck with me. I don't, I, know, I don't know. I don't know if it I don't know if it matters with that Limerick full back line. Though. Well, I, I hope you I hope you're right. But the one thing I suppose that may that Brian would have seen the last day was that that Brian can cannon goal that that goal we got where it was just you know bang from forty five yards from their own forty five yard line high ball in. Mike Casey got caught caught and goal. Now in fairness to Mike, he he hasn't got caught all year. You know he's had a couple of encounters with Peter Duggan which is no easy task, you know, for and Mike, while he's a bear of a man and so strong and physical, whatever, like he wouldn't be the tallest. And Peter would have had a good bit of height over him, but he was well able to deal with that. But I think Brian will definitely think that there might be an opportunity for that to happen. Uh, and could he, could you see TJ go in there at some point in time? 100%. Like TJ is, if, if he's been nothing else this year, he's been unbelievable in the air. Some of the catches that he's done in the Leinster final, the semi-final was unbelievable. The one thing I'd say is a lot of the balls he caught though were out around the half forward line or out around the middle. So it actually, you know, he won a lot of frees with him. But I think if he's able to catch them balls in around the edge of the square, obviously there's opportunities for goal. Another thing as well, just a small thing that he brings differently is he's that Katog hand that, you know, Limerick might have come across too often, you know. So I think that that's something that Brian will definitely look at. After that, I think Billy Ryan is a serious joke, to be fair. I think if he can turn and run at you at all, he's very, very, he's very quick. He's very dangerous. But Turning Sean Finn and turning Barry Nash are—it's one thing saying, and it's another thing doing it. Mm. Um, but one one big thing I'd be interested in seeing that with Barry is that, like, he's probably hurler the year in that discussion at this moment in time. But the one thing I'd say is that whatever teams are doing, they've no interest in marketing. They've no interest in actually saying, "Let's see what Barry Nash is like as an actual defender, not as a person to receive a puck out or as a distributor, but as a defender." So I'd love to see. What well, I would love to see. I'd be interested to see. If, can you turn him? Can you? Well, well how, what's he like as a defender, Rory? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I, I know yeah. Put him on the back foot. Like. I know he's very good, 
But would they put someone on him and they say, we'll deliver the ball down there and if we can run at him, what's he like then? Because most teams this year have left Barry Nash free and if there's one player in the Limerick full-back line that you shouldn't leave free, it's Barry Nash because his hurling brain, his hurling, uh, his distribution, everything is unbelievable. And not alone that, he gets up the field and scores points like he gets shots off. He got an unbelievable point in the semi-final and he made another unbelievable run in the second half. And my case was also far up the field in the semi-final as well. So I just think, will they actually try and shut down probably the best distributor, definitely in the full-back line and one of the, you know, in terms of the six backs that Limerick have, he's definitely himself and Declan probably and Dearmer as well. The distribution is unbelievable. But if they leave them free, it wouldn't make sense for me. What's yeah. that like, Jackie, putting Owen Cody over on him maybe? And give, like, would Owen Cody give him a different problem to solve? Well, I, I, I do expect Kilkenny to, for a lot of the time, have two up top. And that will vary between an Owen Cody and maybe a Mossy Keown, a Billy Ryan uh, tandem. But I do expect the time that the three go in on him. Um, Owen Cody is probably our most potent inside attacker. Billy Ryan is very, very unique in that. He won't get any more than five or six possessions in a game. But if he gets the ball three, four times and he's within the 21, he has blistering pace and is very direct. But the, 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 to be fair, the two Limerick uh, cornerbacks are exceptionally quick. So he's, he's he's very unique like that. He could touch the ball three or four times and get one, one or one, two. Um, as regards the kind of sh- the shape of the forwards, I do think Link or King Kenny will go to midfield. I expect Adrian Mullen to go up to, to, to see if he can get a bit of joy out Dan Morrissey, who probably is having one of his quietest years. Um, and Tom Monaghan got a bit of joy on that wing. So I do think they'll, they'll look to maybe seeking to get a bit of joy there. Um, but I expect Owen Cody to, to, to go in. But I suppose the beauty of this Limerick defence, they don't really change a whole lot. They do mark zone. They don't earmark guys for close attention or man-mark guys. So whether Owen Cody goes to 13... 14, 15, I think they'll just pass them through the lines and they're quite comfortable through that but it's because the full back line is so exceptional at that. Um, but I did notice with Kenny and a lot of this, the balls that TJ did catch, he wasn't at 11, he wasn't at 14, but he was kind of in between both. He was almost on the edge of the D or a little further out. So you're kind of, does the three pick him? Does the six pick him? And sometimes Paul Flanagan ended up picking him um, and he got some balls. So there, there probably are little small pockets within that six backs for a bit of space um, and for Kilkenny uh, and within that Jackie another man who kind of roams a bit and maybe is, is, is hard to pin down is Adrian Mullen isn't he he's ostensibly like he's playing midfield but at other times he's playing as a auxiliary forward and he you know five points in the semi-final like whatever he was doing was working Yeah, he was actually Conor Brown and King Kenny were midfield he was actually 10 for a lot of the time uh, in that game because I watched him closely but because he dropped so deep it looked like he was a midfielder and you're kind of going, who's marking this guy? It was actually Paddy Fitzpatrick that was marking him. And he, that 10 channel, he was getting a bit of joy. But at times then, remember at the at the end of the uh, the first half, he actually was back in the cornerback position and received the ball on his own 21. So he won't stay there all the time and he will move around and he's extremely accurate. So um, that'll probably be something that maybe Limerick will look at. Look, we need someone maybe tagging him or when he's on the move, we need to pass him on or William Donahue needs to pick him up and that. So... Um, but yeah, so look, the, the, the Kilkenny attack will will roam, they will move. The Limerick Six, I don't expect them to move a whole lot from it. Um, but, you know, I suppose... And the thing I worry about with, with Limerick is a lot of folks on the glands and, and the guys are hurling really this one. I would always, as a as a hurler, worry about a guy who has a poor game before it, an All-Ireland semi-final because they have a chip on their shoulder. So mm. 
Like Garrod Hagerty and Tom Morrissey, these guys could come. They could be like bulls the weekend now. I was taken off in the semi-final. By God, that's not going to happen in the final. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know that grudge, all right. I just don't, just don't have the skills to back it up, but I know, I know the feeling, all right. It's, it's actually it's doing something about it. Um, and all right, always lads. perform on the big day. Always perform on the big day. Yeah, okay. The, speaking of perform on the big day, it's come to that time where we're going to do our predictions, and I feel really only myself and Rory are really um, going to be making decisions here. But anyway, let's go to Shane Dowling, who's going to win the All-Ireland Hurling Final. We've nearly given up on the predictions, Rory, now at this stage in sight because we know exactly what everyone is going to say. Yeah. Uh, listen, Obviously, I, 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 do you know what? One thing I haven't said that I firmly believe, right, is I do think it's going to be a really close game. I can't <laughs> understand why Limerick are so short. What are they basing that on? They're basing that on last year's form and not this year's form, you know. Um, and lucky to get over against Galway, uh, lucky to get over Clare in the Munster final. Maybe haven't been humming all year like they have been, but I just think that hopefully. That the, the one thing that's impressed me the most is that when the game has gone down to the nitty-gritty in the last couple of minutes, the composure and the belief that that Limerick team have is huge. And the fact that they're experiencing on the road so long, I think it's going to go right down to the wire for the last couple of minutes. Just that bit of composure and that bit of know-how from the last couple of years, I'm hoping we'll get them over the line, whereas Kilkenny maybe aren't at that stage just yet. Jackie, do you agree with Shane? Do it makes an, an awful lot of sense. And like this Limerick team are very resilient. They always have the answer. They didn't play well against Galway, and a lot of the key guys didn't hurl well, and still did the answers. Um, I look at Kenny, and I look that they've lost their last two All Irelands. Um, I look at TJ Reid that maybe this could be his last possible opportunity to win an All Ireland without retiring the guy. Um, and I do think he is going to be massive the weekend. He is captain to Kenny twice, and we and lost both. His brother is now captain. I do think there's a huge motivation for them. I do think the Keen Lynch thing, if he's gone, gives Kilkenny a bit a, a bit of a boost. Um, and I just think we're coming in under the radar. Um, they're not cutting any silage down in Kilkenny because we're all staying in the long grass for another week. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm gonna give us I'm gonna give us the nod on Sunday. Good stuff, Rory. Yeah, I think. Um... 14 games unbeaten going back to the 2019 semi-final it'll be 15 if they win on Sunday and that semi-final I think really does stick in their cross small bit but in a way maybe it was the best thing that ever happened to them because it possibly propelled Limerick on to make sure that nothing like that would happen again where I say they probably felt they were the better side didn't win the game um, have they been firing in all cylinders this year Maybe, maybe not. I think teams are getting a little bit closer, but that's only natural. I mean, the team has been evolving now for five or six years. It's only, it's there is going to be wear and tear and teams are going to start figuring you out a little bit over time. But I think coming down that home stretch, like Shane said, I think the bench is going to be significant. I think fitness is going to be absolutely massive. And I think on both counts, I think Limerick have a little bit of an advantage but I don't see it being anything other than an unbelievably tight game, given the fact that Kilkenny are Kilkenny and they always, always perform on the big day, but Limerick to win. Okay. I, I, I genuinely, I, I'm finding it hard to, hard to decide. If, if, if it wasn't the other and final, I'd be using Rory's lines, line the same. We could be seeing penalties here. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to stump oh. for, I'm going to stump for Kilkenny. I just have a feeling that it's going to be, as, as Shane said, it's going to be a tight game. And then there's just that there's one man on that Kilkenny sideline, and there's a few players in that Kilkenny team who they don't lose too many tight games. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick 
It's, we're going down provincial lines here, lads. It's going, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going Leinster. It's the monster. It's the monster, monster, monster hurling disgust, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's rare old Wexford man would be going for Kilkenny win in another final. I've explained this many times before, Shane. Mikey not, always goes for Kilkenny. I'm not. Are. I'm not fond of them. I I <laughs> bet down after decades and decades of beatings. I just can't. I find it hard to process the idea of Kilkenny not winning a hurling match. Mikey's like that. Mike, it was like what Liam Sheedy said last night at the function we were at. I said to him, we were doing the predictions, you know, and he, he predicted Limerick win or whatever. But I said, well, Liam, I said, you're obviously a big Tipperary man. I said, you absolutely hate Kilkenny and you absolutely hate Limerick. So who do you actually want to win? And he said, well, let's just say if the game was called off because of the heat on Sunday, I wouldn't be giving out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, I don't really have a preference on who I want to win, to be honest, which I just want a good game of hurling. I just think Kilkenny are going to win. Um, quick, just to mention, uh, Rory, the, it's a big weekend, obviously, women's GA as well. We've got the, the LGFA semifinals, Mayo v Kerry and Mead v Donegal in Crow Park on Saturday. Kind of novel enough semi-final pairings. Cork and Dublin not involved in semi-finals for the first time since probably sometime in the early 90s. I haven't actually done the maths on it. Adds, adds a huge amount of novelty to it. And uh, two games. Hopefully we'll get a reasonably good crowd. Scheduling, you know, you'd be kind of saying pairing off the two semi-finals in the same weekend as the Dollar and Hurling final. But anyway, I think it is, like the fact that Cork and Dublin are out. Now, obviously, Mies are still there. Probably will still be favourites. You'd ex- you'd You'd... you'd expect them to get over the line but I think it adds a huge amount of novelty to the whole thing and um, hopefully two good games and yeah and if we might even get a novel winner yeah it was a bit like the, the men's football was like a couple of shocks a couple of different teams in the finals no harm and then at Camogie on RTE on Saturday we've got the Camogie quarterfinals Waterford v Limerick and Kilkenny v Dublin so the lads counties are, are, are both in, in action there with the busy day it is. It's a busy weekend, um, and uh, they're in Thurles. So is Hawkeye going to be in act in uh, act? Or are they in Parky Cueve or Thurles now? No, that's in Thurles. Yeah, Thurles. Yeah. Uh, there is Hawkeye there, but yeah, it's a sort of a a very slow Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> he takes this, he squints. This, hawk, this, this, this Hawkeye. This Hawk. This Hawkeye takes his time. You know, he yeah. uh, he, he wants to get the decision right. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Well, um. Hopefully everybody gets through the season right at the weekend. We're yeah. definitely looking forward a shout to out, it. A shout out actually to my farm. Uh, I, I hope, I, I do hope he has a good game. Is Cullum Lines. He's a farmer club mate. I was very good friends. I was in school with his brother for years. Um, it's a big honour, I think, for Nemo Rangers to have an All-Ireland uh, referee. And I do hope he has a good match. I think someone said to me, I don't know whether it's true or not. And I think he's the first... Corkman to referee an All Ireland hurling final since who? Frank Murphy. Yeah. Oh my so god! Really? Yeah, back nineteen eighty one. Yeah, yeah. So Dear McCorwin not Cork? Did he referee? Well, that's a that's a that's a dodgy one. Whether Dear McCorwin is from Cork or not? All oh, right. Would Frank have been across all the rules now? Frank could be good on the rules. Frank could be good on the rules. No better man. Yeah, yeah. Now, the one thing Colin Lyons will be worried about is if he hears Hawkeye in his ear on Sunday, he'll see him freeze. (laughs) Anyway, we'll leave it at that. Shane, Jackie, and Rory, thank you very much. And we'll be back on Monday. Obviously, you can follow the games on RT Radio, television, and online. So we will chat to you on Monday. Good luck. Talk to you later. We 
earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it! He hits it! It's over the bar! Oh! Holy Moses!